I also remembered one of my former colleagues as a lawyer used to talk about how he couldn't understand how such beautiful daughters came out of the marriages when she often saw the fathers. Привет! From Odessa, это очень холодно здесь сегодня. Greetings from freezing Odessa in Ukraine, just down by the port. Uh, you can see that a little bit behind me. And uh, it's early December, so it's starting to get a little bit cold in Ukraine. I was going to shoot it in the city center, then I realized it look, you know, with no trees or vegetation, it doesn't look the most appealing. So down here where the light is a bit nicer on the port, also get another half an hour probably light at this part of the city. But you clicked on this video, on this episode of the Vodka Vodcast with me, Connor Klein, because you want to know why are Slavic girls or girls from this region like Ukraine, Russia, Belarus, why are they so beautiful? Why, why do we... Why, why is there so much talk about girls from this region and what could it be? Um, the genesis for this video is actually, I was looking back through like famous actresses and models, uh, say from like the 1930s onwards. And what struck me is like very few women from this region actually came up as being world famous for their beauty. And then back the question to me is like, is this just a recent phenomenon? Has something changed in the last 30, 40 years that makes this region so full of beauties and compared to the rest of the world? Or is it just, we, you know, they became discovered in that sense with the fall of the Soviet Union? Um, so in this video, we're going to dive into uh, some uh, thoughts I've had. I had a conversation with one of my clients in Minsk last week and uh, we can have one or two things. They're kind of hypotheses, so definitely uh, after you've watched the video, drop me a comment below and let me know what you think uh, are the uh, reasons behind the fame of the beauty of women in countries like Russia and Ukraine and Belarus and the former Soviet Union gen general, also including the Baltics, of course. So when I say Slavic, I don't mean the entire Slavic world. That's a lot broader. It's like the large parts of the Balkans, also large parts of Central Europe, like Czech Republic, uh, Poland, for example. But that's not what we're talking about. We're talking more over here in Russia and Ukraine and Belarus, the former Soviet Union, those countries are actually in the Soviet Union, not the entire Slavic world. Uh, Slavic has become kind of a byword for that, but it isn't actually technically correct. Uh, so we're going to limit what I'm talking about to this region. Uh, of course, in Central, Central Europe, uh, you have a lot of beautiful Slavic girls who are not from here, obviously. Uh, but that's a different discussion. And really, when you see, say, the mail order bride marriage agency business, it's really focused a lot on Ukraine. So there's certain, definitely some sort of a lure uh, that they're marketing about the beauty of the women here, not just the beauty, they also talk about other traditional values. I have a lot of other content, gonna have a great video next week where I dive into uh, why you should never use a marriage agency if you've ever been tempted. Gonna have that video coming as a tip Thursday, probably in about two weeks time, so stay tuned and make sure that you have hit the notification bell to be uh, notified when that video comes out. So also notice I, I talked about, say, the most beautiful. I didn't say the best. I didn't say the best morals. I do have other videos. So I'm going to link it up above in the card and down below in the description uh, for my series on why not to date Ukrainian women. Um, so not talking about necessarily the best fit, best morals. Um, we're talking about purely just like that more kind of catwalk beauty. Uh, if you're into like bigger, more voluptuous girls, uh, probably not going to be reaching for you. Something like a Latina or Latin America, obviously, is going to be more your scene. Uh, but you do find a more catwalk model type here in Ukraine. So think, say, Arina Sheik um, or say Sasha Luce, who I actually saw in a film pretty recently here when I was here in 
uh, Ukraine. It's actually in English. And uh, uh, this kind of more uh, Eastern European model, uh, tall, long legs, um, very high cheekbones, very uh, defined uh, face. This is what I'm talking about. This you definitely see a lot more, I can confirm, on average here uh, than you're going to see, say, in Western Europe or North America or other regions in the world. Definitely this particular type is found here more in Eastern Europe. So that's a way for me to segue into the first point, which is just genetics and DNA. Now, I did a video last year where I went, I gave uh, DNA tests um, to 10 girlfriends here. Um, most of them were part-time models, just within my social circle. And to see what their origins were, I'm going to link that, of course, above in a card and below in the description as well for you to go check out if you haven't seen it. And there it was really interesting. Basically, the conclusion was that there was this kind of mix here. It wasn't purely, we'll say, Eastern European Slavic DNA that they had. They had it mixed in with mainly from further north in the Baltics. Uh, so the Baltic region and also Finland came up uh, quite a lot. And also the Balkans, which is the region uh, to the west of here. So think of Bulgaria, Romania, um, that region, all, all into Serbia, the Balkans. And it was this kind of mix um, normally about, yeah, usually a third, a third, a third, not quite that like that. You can go check out the video, see exactly how it broke down, but uh, there's definitely that mix here. So certainly in this particular part of the former Soviet Union, so Ukraine, because we're closer to the Balkans, as opposed to if you were to go to Russia, which obviously could be a bit further away and you'd see less of that DNA in general than you're gonna find it here, being basically in the region, especially Odessa being a city that has a lot of people came from further, uh, further west. Um, that, that's that special mix, not exactly that they're all Slavic or Eastern European, um, that actually makes them um, made probably on average uh, considered more beautiful. So definitely go check that video out if you wanna know more about the genetics. So, that's something that's passed on. We looked away. I mean, I have my own DNA test uh, video where you find out that was actually 90% Irish. That was actually a shock for me that it was so high. But as you can see, obviously, Irish people tend to, in general, we could say look um, similar um, because of just genetics and the DNA we passed down, which gives us uh, certain characteristics. So that's obviously playing a significant part. So I think that's the first thing is just the DNA. Uh, and uh, in this particular region, you have a certain mix. Uh, that has led to a lot more beautiful women on average than you're going to find. Because when you look at most models, they're not necessarily the top, most of the top models from here. A lot are from Brazil, for example. Uh, but I spent a lot of time in Brazil, and I can say that you don't see as many beautiful women if you're walking around in Brazil as you're going to see in these countries. But at the extremes, of course, a lot of the top models in the world are actually Brazilian. So uh, it's not that the average is so high there as it's going to be here but you just have these extremes with this kind of mix because they're obviously they have a lot of african european and even asian um uh, blood blood well uh, genetics uh, mixed in together because of its unique immigration and colonization that's actually a good bit different to the countries around it maybe at times similar to parts of uh, argentina and paraguay as well uh, but definitely different to say central america or mexico or um, Obviously, the genetic mix they got is very, very different. So at this extreme end, uh, you do have amazing, beautiful women, obviously, in Brazil. Uh, but the average, you're not going to find it like here in uh, Eastern Europe, for sure. So that's something uh, to kind of ponder and understand that it's, to a certain extent, um, due to the genetic makeup here in countries like Ukraine. So now the second thing I've alluded to in some of my other content here on YouTube is that there is a huge emphasis on 
appearance, especially for women uh, in Eastern Europe, uh, less so than you're going to find North America and in Western Europe for sure. I have another video about um, feminism and uh, another podcast about um, I was going to say fat feminism, that's also part of it, it's kind of the connection between the two, you know, just about the obesity uh, epidemic we have in Western Europe and North America and how that differs to here. Uh, so whilst as guys obviously we're primarily visual, if you decide whether we're um, attracted to a woman or not, it's, it's, it's a lot more important for men than it's going to be for women. That's just evolutionary biology uh, about whether the woman is going to be healthy enough basically to bear children. It's something just innate in us. Uh, it doesn't dominate 100% of why we choose people, but it's a large part of it. And obviously if uh, a woman is obese, uh, which is not, not extreme, but just overweight, and then suggests that maybe she's not going to be as healthy. And this is kind of why we're not as attracted in general. So here it's definitely uh, goes further than that, I would say, because uh, it's rare that girls will go out of the house without having done their makeup, without trying to look as presentable as possible, even if they're going out just to get a, I don't know, a liter of milk in the supermarket. It's definitely something that women focus on more than you're going to see in Western Europe. And I was back in my... Um, birth country, my home country of Ireland, uh, recently I was a bit shocked, uh, I have to say, like by, um, first of all, how obesity has become a problem, or, you know, just, uh, especially young women being overweight. This is very different to when I grew up there, where at the time, obesity was not a problem at all. It's really something that's happened in the last 20 years, uh, and it can happen, as you see, quite dramatically, 20 years, um, but also the way they present themselves, and they were dressed extremely um, casually, uh, like they were basically almost hanging out on their sofa <laughs> on hungover Sunday, but they were out in public. So this is something you just in general don't see here. It's uh, definitely that they focus on their appearance. And of course, if you're you know, upping your game for the last 10, 20% with uh, you know investing in maybe uh, looking as presentable or as sexy or as beautiful as possible when you're in the house, that obviously then has an effect on how, as guys, we perceive the women here, uh, that we just find them more beautiful because they put the effort in to look that way when they got out of the house. Doesn't mean they're going to look like that, you know, when they wake up in the morning without the makeup. Just always bear that in mind. Uh, always factor that in. Uh, same if you're ever looking at someone's Instagram photos. Just imagine the number of filters and uh, what else they've had done to those photos. But you get my point. It definitely gives a perception of more beauty uh, when there's that focus on appearance, for better or worse. And as a corollary to that, the next very short point is that society here is pretty liberal. I mean, if you take it on a worldwide level, it's maybe not as liberal, say, as in Western Europe about women, about how sexually promiscuous they can be um, and how they can dress in public, maybe revealing a little bit more uh, flesh than you're going to see. Well, obviously, if I compare it to, say, the Middle East, let's take it to uh, another extreme, then obviously it's going to be very different here. Um, maybe it's a little bit more conservative than most parts of um, Western Europe in terms of uh, women being promiscuous or sexually active or having lots of sexual partners. Um, but it's still on a worldwide level pretty liberal and that means of course women can actually kind of express their their beauty or their sexiness at least in how they dress and it's not going to be as frowned upon and they're not going to avoid it because they're going to get a bad reputation for it. Uh, not that I w would ever endorse uh, slut shaming or something like that. Uh, definitely not my style. Uh, so that's another factor that allows women to express their beauty definitely more freely than in other parts of the world and um, especially in the photos like uh, women in uh, Russia, Ukraine, 
Uh, they love to be on camera. I know because I have my, my camera neck around it. They are very enthusiastic for me to film them. The same with the photos. They really love being able to show off their beauty. Uh, so that's not seen something that's frowned upon or, or an issue in the society overall. And of course, is another contributing factor to their, their fame for their beauty because they're willing to reveal it and show it off as much as possible in real life and on the internet, uh, uh, on Instagram as well. So now I'm going to dive into maybe a little bit more um, theoretical stuff. This is kind of what came out of my conversation with my client back in Minsk last week. And uh, this is not razor sharp science, it's a little bit more of a hypothesis as I outlined before. But the first one of those points is World War II and what happened here in the Soviet Union at the time. There was like 26 million deaths in the Soviet Union in World War II. It was absolutely horrific here because Operation Barbarossa, when Nazi Germany um, uh, basically broke the pact with the Soviet Union and invaded. Uh, they got you know, pretty far up to all the way to Moscow and St. Petersburg. And then the Soviets uh, were able to push them all the way back. But I mean, this region got absolutely decimated. Of course, there was a lot of um, massacres here in the region. Uh, obviously, the, the Nazis tried to exterminate the Jewish population in particular, but not just them, just in general, also Roma. And then they were, if you've ever been to Auschwitz, a pretty horrific place, but important to visit. They were building a new uh, crematoriums to actually kill off Slavs. So they actually wanted to kill <laughs> basically everybody in this region. So a lot of um, people died. Obviously 26 million is huge. It wasn't all in military casualties, but also just in massacres amongst the civilian population, uh, primarily committed by uh, Nazi Germany and its allies, like say Romania was allied for, for example, uh, when they invaded this region. This city actually was occupied by Romania during World War II for a period. So what did that mean? Well, actually more men than women died in the Soviet Union from the military casualties and actually there was an excess uh, number of women after the war in the sense that there was eight to I think it was the figure eight to twelve million I uh, was estimated are more women than men now of course that everybody's of childbearing age uh, that doesn't mean that suddenly there's like five times as many women as men but you know in the country I guess the population was probably like 200 million I think at the time that if you had this excess of 12 then you can see there's obviously a significant difference there's obviously going to be more uh, women um, especially because a lot of the guys who died in the military would have been in that kind of like I guess 20 to 30 age bracket or 20 to 40 age bracket so they actually would have been uh, marriage material to start a family and unfortunately they weren't there anymore so what happened after Second World War well the guys who were uh, who survived and were here suddenly found that they had a lot more options than they otherwise would have had in terms of finding a partner or wife because there's just so many extra women as a result what do us guys do if we have a lot of abundance or supply we go we can be very selective right so we're gonna pick on average girls a lot better looking than if we had had the competition from the other guys who might have taken some of those more beautiful more desirable women and we're gonna start families with them have children with them and as a result um, yeah they basically marry the better looking girls overall so I guess my hypothesis and what I talk to my client is that probably the women who are not as beautiful just didn't find, were less likely to find a husband and actually have children than the ones who were, of course, um, um, more beautiful and again, getting snapped up by the hottest guy, the, the most eligible bachelor in the former Soviet Union. And of course, uh, the children, because Martin from Martelli was still pretty high at the time, I'm guessing, because it was in Western Europe, at least a lot higher than it is today, that of course, if you could, um, Managed to pair yourself up as a woman with a guy with more resources and who's more desirable, then 
the children also had more chances of survival and then obviously procreating later on in the generation. So basically, um, my hypothesis that actually led to a lot more beautiful uh, offspring as a result here in uh, the Soviet Union at the time. Now, this segues into another hypothesis, which is about communism. Now, so Soviet Union was communist, as you're almost certainly aware. And what that meant is that, um, unlike in capitalism, where wealth, obviously, there's a bigger difference between um, rich and poor. In communism, there's a saying that communism is a great way to keep everybody equally poor. Uh, because you didn't have these huge differences in, in wealth like you do at the moment, obviously, when the Soviet Union imploded in the early 90s, in 1991, and then was replaced by gangster capitalism uh, in a lot of parts of Eastern Europe, definitely in Russia and here in Ukraine, where a small number of men got their hands on most of the country's resources very quickly. So you have then a huge difference between rich and poor. This actually led to a lot of guys dying younger here for different reasons, alcoholism being one of them. So basically under communism, uh, wealth uh, makes less of a difference. And as women look for guys who are able to provide better for you know, the offsprings of family, again, it's evolutionary biology. It's not about saying that women are gold diggers is because they look for a guy who's going to provide them stability and maybe uh, obviously security for when they have offspring. This is something built into us uh, by, you know, thousands and thousands of years of evolutionary biology. And as a result, in communism, it wasn't so, it wasn't such a big deal, right? Most people didn't have very much anyways. And of course, you still had status and your position in society, of course, would make a difference about whether you were desirable or not. But actually, wealth, uh, because people were basically equally poor by and large, um, didn't make a huge difference. So what happens if that's the case? Well, as a woman, you can maybe take a guy who's maybe better looking uh, because you don't really have to care so much about the resources or how wealthy he is because it's not really going to make a big difference. Um, you know, setters, paribus, you're just going to go for a guy who's probably better looking in that case, which is less likely to happen um, in capitalism, like in here, where you had the gangster capitalism. You still have huge differences in, in wealth, so you can be very, very poor or extremely wealthy. And uh, that gives obviously a bigger incentive to pick the guy who's got the most money or has more resources to project himself as if he does. And that is obviously different to being good looking. So then obviously the, the genes that have been passed on are a bit different where that 100% correlates with um, the women who uh, obviously the offspring being better looking or not being better looking. Uh, I also remembered one of my former colleagues as a lawyer used to talk about how he couldn't understand how such beautiful daughters uh, came out of the marriages when she, he often saw the fathers uh, in Russia. Um, so whether that's 100% passed on, not so sure. But as I said, definitely drop me a message below. Let me know what you think of this hypothesis that under communism, uh, people will choose partners who are actually better looking as women. Women will choose men who are better looking uh, because wealth is less of a factor. So in conclusion to these uh, reasons as to why the women here are just so fantastically beautiful compared to most other parts of the world, I would say all other parts of the world on average is just the way that fashion has kind of changed and what we see as uh, beautiful. This definitely changes over time. I saw a very good video showing, you know, what was considered the standard and how it changes every, um, in terms of body type, every, uh, say, decade or so uh, since the 1920s. It's actually a pretty cool video. I might look for that again and maybe link it below for you guys if I can find it. Um, but that's definitely true. I like the idea of the leggy blonde as a uh, um, you know tall long legs um, basically what I described at the beginning of the video is like quite a common characteristic here amongst the women uh, you do have more blondes you can have them probably 
uh, well, you do also in Scandinavian parts of say, Central Europe, like Germany, but definitely it's more than you're going to find in Asia or Africa or, say, Latin America, for sure. You're going to find that more here. Um, than you're going to find in those countries. Uh, so just kind of the fashion, what we actually see uh, as being desirable or beautiful um, has, of course, changed over time and that actually seems to suit this region very well at the moment. Uh, you know, also them not being fat uh, in general, also just not, you know, these are all percentages is why it kind of increases it, right? So uh, when I was in Ireland, I noticed that um, and I looked it up, it's like I think over one third of all women under 30 are overweight. Uh, if not obese um, and you know if here I don't know exactly the statistic there's got to be less than five percent so obviously if 25 percent of the female population under 30 are an extra 25 percent overweight in say Ireland or Western Europe or, uh, North America it's even going to be higher probably in the States and you take them out then of course you've got 25 percent of the girls who automatically are going to be back into looking beautiful are going to be considered that way so uh, you add that with the, their emphasis on appearance uh, the DNA what we see is fashionable then this all adds up as to why when you walk around here in Eastern Europe you see just like a multiple X factor of four or five higher in terms of the beauty of the girls and you're going to see in uh, Western Europe and North America for sure having traveled and lived in uh, those countries so um, I think we're going through a golden era uh, for the beauty of Eastern Europe. I don't think it will continue. So that's the bad news for the future, but that's why you got to come here now <laughs> if you want to experience it. And the reason for that is in the 90s, it was very hard for women from here to travel. They probably actually had to wait for some foreign guy to come here because there's very few local guys that had the money to take them, uh, say, to the West. And that has all changed, right? They have visa-free. I'm talking about Ukrainians in particular have visa-free travel to Schengen. That's six months out of 12. Uh, countries like Dubai or the Emirates, a lot of these countries also give them visa-free. Um, Indonesia, Thailand also give them visa free for this region um, as well as going to say I think Turkey of course so they have a lot more options to travel that's not just because they're looking for husband to leave it but also for work they can go to those regions and work a lot easier than it has been in the past as a result you have an exodus and absolute biblical proportions out of these countries if the girls are beautiful they just obviously they're looking to maximize their opportunities and if they don't get the the super desirable local guy they can go elsewhere and also of course pursue a career and work abroad so this is definitely something that's changing and that of course will have huge consequences if the most beautiful girls in the country leave then their DNA is not going to be passed on here they're probably actually going to marry someone in the countries they arrive in or that they move to with someone and that's going to change the democratic makeup here of course after a generation or two it might be better for other countries well they all come to Ireland it will improve things probably overall um, so that's the first thing I think is a big change here. So the next thing is actually immigration into the country. That's also going to change things dramatically. Uh, a lot more people are moving to Ukraine. Um, you see a lot of students here from, say, the Middle East, from Turkey, from Central Asia, uh, from Africa. Um, so probably Ukraine's economy is going to improve over the next uh, decade or so. And then they will almost certainly have immigrants arrive. That will change the, of course, the genetic makeup of the country as well. Uh, will they be as beautiful? Maybe it'll have some more extreme mixes like in Brazil and they'll actually be better looking but I think that's definitely going to change it and I would say if they already have the most beautiful women um, immigrants coming from the country is probably not going to improve that uh, dramatically and more likely it would lower the beauty a little bit but that's to be uh, seen how all that pans out and whether it actually happens at all, but you do see immigration from other regions here a bit as well. Capitalism is definitely changing things. As I said, if 
um, my hypothesis is correct in that Kamazin leads to more beautiful uh, matches and offspring because they just choose amongst women because they choose uh, women choose to have a guy who's better looking on average than they would in capitalism where resources are definitely counting for a lot more than the fact that this has become uber capitalistic is probably going to change that over um, the next generation or so and it's already happened over the last 30 years didn't see it completely destroy the place yet mind you and the last danger and I think this is a really big one it's going to be obesity what I've seen in Ireland happen in the last 20 years already you can see it's starting a little bit um, you know younger Ukrainian girls seem to be a little bit maybe bigger than they have been in previous generations um, well, I said previous generations, at least 10 years ago, the first time I came, I would say it's a little bit, it's only a tiny bit, but, um, you know, this can, in terms of diet and eating processed foods and not maybe focusing on their appearance and maybe just people in general getting a little bit bigger and fatter makes it more acceptable. Uh, like it is like you have all this fat acceptance or fat promotion in say North America and Western Europe to a certain extent you're beautiful even if you're obese no you're not that's just the reality go watch my other videos you want more details on that uh, for sure and that's not desirable whatsoever so I think this could be the biggest danger to the international renowned fame of women from these Slavic countries in Eastern Europe uh, will be obesity and if they start to eat and not focus on staying slim um, as what's happened in Western Europe and North America, unfortunately. So fingers crossed that doesn't happen and fat feminism for sure never takes off here, promoting this unhealthy lifestyle of being overweight. So you are at the end of another Vodka Valcast with me, Connor Klein, and I am absolutely frozen because it's December and I uh, actually came here primarily to get my winter coat and I still have to pick it up for my friend. Uh, so I'm wearing this more autumn uh, jacket and uh, I have a question for you and that is what are you going to do next weekend? I will be going to Minsk with a client and that could be you. If it's a good fit for us to work together, I have my application form down below in the description to this video. Go click on it if you are the sort of person who is suitable to live the Zara experience. So what I want our clients, who I want to look for in a client is someone who is committed to actually coming here and having a really great overall experience in the region and they want to work on themselves and develop themselves so that they are worthy of dating beautiful women it's not just about coming here and just you know how do you say it? match me this is not a matchmaking service where there are five ten girls all waiting here to go on dates with you someone I don't really know very well that would be strange let's be honest but I'm gonna have uh, those um, a video about uh, why you should never go to a marriage agency that's gonna be coming out next week as I said so that's not what I provide to be very clear you're not gonna you're gonna come not gonna have to travel on your own you're gonna f not gonna have any problems with being scammed or something like that which is a huge problem in this country in Ukraine uh, in particular with marriage agencies and dating sites um, so you're not gonna worry about all those things you're gonna have my energy my coaching my being here in Eastern Europe and you know two of my clients are actually gonna get married now uh, and I don't offer a matchmaking service I find that pretty crazy and uh, actually really cool uh, that I managed to help that I contributed significantly in making those matches. Uh, it's just kind of great to see. And in general, um, I get so much joy from just helping my clients and seeing them improve uh, and having just an absolutely unforgettable, amazing experience here in Eastern Europe. Um, so if you're one of, you think you're the person uh, for this, then definitely fill out the application below. 
Uh, and as I say at the end of the videos, if you're a sex tourist or something, or you just want to come here and bang lots of chicks for your ego, that's fine, you can go do that, but it's not going to be with me. Uh, I want to focus on quality and helping guys who really want to date the most beautiful and most desirable women, not someone who's here for a cheap holiday in terms of like running after Eastern European girls, no matter what they look like, or paying them for sex. That's definitely not what the Zara experience is about. There are other people who will help you with that. and. Um, yeah, you don't need to contact me for sure. It's too cold to keep going on and rambling on in this video, so I will see you in the very next one. It will be from here in Odessa, in Ukraine. Disvidanya, dopobachnya. See you very soon. Sar Experience.